and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no-holds-barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I am your host, Nolu Tandungakani, and I am here to hold your hand as you seek those answers to those medical shames and woes you dare not speak of in public. No bump or lump is too embarrassing here. You are in a safe space, baby. Is it just me or was this the shortest January we have ever had? But just yesterday, we were popping shampoo jiki jiki. We are headed to February. But let me stop getting nostalgic about Monati times and focus on my mission at hand. This week, we have a voice note from an abuti in crisis from Johannesburg. Hi, sis Lolo. I've been contemplating about going vegan for a while now for health reasons. With regards to health, there are other things I worry about too like my protein intake and how I will access the nutrients and vitamins I need. I'm worried about the side effects like being more tired and suffering from iron deficiency and low energy. It's odd that veganism is supposed to be this super eco-friendly natural thing, but then people end up using loads of artificial substitutes and popping loads of pills to stick to it. Is there a way that this experience can be simplified? I got you, babes. This week, we hooked up with Program Manager for ProVeg International in Mzanzi, Dr. Nanin Waima, to give clarity on plant-based lifestyles. What is the difference between vegan, vegetarian, and flexitarian diets? Veganism is more of a lifestyle than it is a diet. Diet is just one part of veganism. The lifestyle excludes all types of animal products. If you're looking at the diet, you won't have any animal products such as meat or fish or chicken. You won't have any animal byproducts such as eggs and dairy, which is cheese. We'll extend a little bit further, like anything that causes animal suffering or comes from animals like gelatin or honey, that would be excluded from a vegan diet. But veganism extends into the lifestyle, like I said. So individuals who follow a strictly vegan lifestyle won't have any leather, Cosmetics wouldn't be tested on animals. It's kind of a broader lifestyle that aims to reduce and eliminate animal suffering. Then a vegetarian diet is, it just excludes animal products like eggs and dairy. So somebody that eats vegetarian likely won't have fish and chicken and red meat and pork and lamb and all of that, but they'll still eat eggs and dairy. If you're pescatarian, then you do eat the fish, but you don't eat the red meat. Flexitarian is somebody who kind of like adopts these lifestyles sometimes and then is a little bit more flexible, shifting back to their usual lifestyle. So somebody might choose to only adopt certain parts of the lifestyle and be comfortable with keeping like other parts themselves, like somebody might not eat meat and not have milk, but they have cheese every now and then, and they would be a flexitarian or somebody that doesn't eat meat for like two days of the week, they would also be a flexitarian. So somebody that's almost just testing it out or is comfortable with the steps that they've taken and the boundaries that they've placed in their own life. How does transitioning to then a more plant-rich diet help you to better your relationship with food? Plant-based diets it's kind of like a whole lot of myths that you're up against when you go to a plant-based diet. I'm in my late 20s, so I was born in the 90s, and we were definitely born into diet culture. 
in the 90s, all of the models were very skinny, very unrealistic beauty expectations. So our generation, we've kind of grown up with very unrealistic diet expectations and body expectations. And there were a lot of kind of fad diets that came through. And I'm sure everybody that was born in the 90s has done like more than three diets in their lifetime. And there's a lot of information. A plant-based lifestyle kind of forces you to face some of the beliefs that you have absorbed from those previous diets, like needing to get a lot of protein. Protein is something that everybody is concerned about when they learn about a plant-based diet. And they think that protein just comes from animal products, but actually vegetarians and vegans pretty much always get enough protein. It's very, very rare that somebody has a protein deficiency. You kind of have to change the way you see food. And a big one is also carbohydrates. So my generation, we grew up avoiding carbohydrates like the plague, like, you know, don't eat carbs. When you shift to a plant-rich diet, you are going to have to increase your carbs in order to stay full and stay feel like you're having a full meal. That doesn't mean that you're eating processed carbohydrates like unhealthy foods, like a lot of bread and pasta and refined grains and refined flours. But carbohydrates are in starchy vegetables like potatoes and butternut. Then you also get carbohydrates that are in legumes and beans. So they're like a little bit more starchy, but they're also high in protein. So if you're somebody that's really scared of carbs, doing a plant-based diet is going to frighten you. But we learn that sugar that is found in carbohydrates is actually what keeps your body going. So there's healthy carbohydrates and the calorie kind of counting calories doesn't really apply as much because you're going to be having to eat more to fulfill your calories. So your plate of food is going to be bigger. And that's another thing about your relationship with food is if you're somebody that has always restricted themselves and always wanted to eat less, this is also going to be challenging because it's going to challenge that belief. When you're eating a plant-based diet, the plants are lower in calories in comparison to meat and animal products, which are much more calorie dense. So you have to start eating more in order to feel full for the whole day and in order to get all of your calories and nutrients. So now you'll be eating much more food. And for me personally, this was really liberating for me because it was nice to be able to eat as much as I wanted. There are some studies that have shown that unrestricted whole food plant-based diets, so where they didn't count the calories, they just let people eat as much as they want, still resulted in weight loss and improvement of health. So you'll be eating a whole lot more, which might scare you if you're very into diet culture, but it's also quite liberating because you get this relationship with your body where you're allowing yourself to eat more and you're figuring out where you feel full and what you need in order to feel full. And you're also going to be eating a lot more starchy foods in order to feel full. Those are kind of the biggest things about shifting your relationship with food is what have you learned before and how is a plant-based diet going to challenge you? You're going to be eating more food. You're going to be eating more, more carbohydrates and you're going to be less worried about protein. That's the biggest opportunity for you to also break out of all of the fear that you have around eating too much or eating too much carbs. There's a Dr. Atkins who came out with that book about how evil carbs were the low carb diet thing. There's been so many versions of that. I think in South Africa, we have Tim Noakes, who is maybe a pioneer of the real meal or real food revolution. And I followed that diet for a while too, because mm. I liked eating high fat foods and it gave you this permission to eat high fat foods and lots of fat in your meal. 
cutting out your carbs and completely, which is just another way of doing keto diet. But we see long-term that plant-based diets are actually better for your health in the long-term than a keto diet in the long-term because eating so much fat repeatedly and also starving your body of glucose is not good long-term. It might cause you to lose weight, which makes you feel like you're doing the right thing, but you really, really struggle to cut carbs out of your diet completely for years. And that can really um, mess with your relationship with food. I wanted to actually go back to the whole definition of veganism. You know, some people would actually argue, especially in African communities, we've long seen like these kinds of communities practice plant-based diets and especially veganism. So I wanted to also understand, you know, where does the term veganism actually come from? <laughs> like, where does that term stem from? So veganism, like I said, is really a way of eliminating animal suffering. I think it's kind of like a newer term compared to traditional African culture and how they prepared the food traditionally. I think there's some people that speak really well about African traditions of like eating and preparing food. That would be somebody like Chef Kola, who's from Zimbabwe, and also Jane and Shuti. She is also in Cape Town currently. And they're both individuals that stand for African plant-based diets. What we learn from them is that in African cultures, traditionally, the communities lived in connection with the environment and had access and knowledge about all of the diverse plant sources of food that was in the environment. So they were be able to source food from lots of different sources in the environment. So whereas we kind of go to the shops and we buy pretty much like three different types of vegetables, most of the time, like potatoes or corn, that's what people are usually eating. Whereas traditionally or previously and historically, they were sourcing the food from the environment. So they knew that there was multiple ways that you can prepare one plant. And that's just one plant out of many that are in the environment. They were more equipped with skills and knowledge about the food in the environment and how you could use it. When it came to sourcing animal products, like when people would go hunting, that would kind of be a celebratory experience. It would be something that happens not every single day, multiple times a day. It would kind of be something that happened once only periodically. And it would keep them full for that time. And they would use the animal for multiple sources, not just food, but also clothing. I don't think that any of African ancestors knew about the term vegan. I think it's definitely a new thing. I think back then we didn't have the infrastructure to be able to have like industrial animal agriculture. That wasn't a thing back then. It was animals were sourced with respect and it was very much part of the culture. Whereas we've kind of like gone down the industrial revolution and now we have discovered that if we mistreat animals, we can get a lot of food out of it and we can get a lot of money out of it. Whereas that didn't exist back in the day. So veganism is in a response to that mistreatment of the animals, which wasn't happening back then. We almost want to go back and learn from that traditional wisdom that they had about the environment and how they prepared their food so that we can diversify our plant-rich diet with food sources that are available on African soil. Because there's a lot of food and a lot of plants available in Africa, and we just don't really know how to prepare it or how to use it. We have kind of like just what we're used to. And that's what those chefs are so good at, is taking parts of the plants that are available in Africa and really teaching people how to prepare them. 
and that we don't really have a problem with food being available. We just don't know how to use it and how to prepare it in a nourishing, nutritious way. Do you perhaps have any advice for others who are looking to take the leap into especially plant-based um, diet? Yeah, so plant-based diets, you definitely need some support. So if you are somebody who has type 2 diabetes or whether you have high blood pressure, you want to do it for a health reason, I do recommend that you go through a dietitian. There's an amazing group of dietitians in South Africa. It's just growing. Not all are going to be familiar with plant-based. So I recommend you seek out a plant-based dietitian. If you are looking for one, just Google the green dietitian, and that would be a great place to start. So having support is important because you can kind of start your journey and fall off and not have the right support. Also signing up for challenges like the Veggie Challenge that is hosted by ProVeg South Africa. It's a 30-day free email campaign that gives you recipes every day. I really think that the best way for you to get into your plant-based diet is to start experimenting in the kitchen and just trying new recipes, just cooking with new ingredients. And what I always recommend people start with is beans and legumes. So trying to eat more beans and chickpeas and lentils. I think that is a very important food group for us to experiment with because those who are eating meat-heavy diets don't often eat enough beans and legumes. They're high in fiber, they're high in protein. And because they are high in fiber, they may kind of cause some abdominal discomfort and bloating in the beginning. That's totally normal. It's just your body getting used to all of the fiber. And then I recommend you just take it slow But that's the first food group that I think people should start experimenting with, making chickpea curries or preparing your beans, making hummus, making dips. I think that's the first place to start. Just get the support that you need. We offer a lot of resources on our Instagram page, ProVeg South Africa, that kind of might direct you towards nice products that are available, new things that are available in South Africa, restaurants that are having specials. And also don't be too hard on yourself. Know that every step counts. If you're just doing it for once or twice a week, every step counts. So taking small steps has small benefits for your health. When you're taking bigger steps, then it also has bigger benefits for your health. But it doesn't mean that just the small things don't matter. So take the small steps. Don't be hard on yourself. It took me about four months to stop eating cheese. So I just persisted. And don't judge yourself for still enjoying some parts of your food. You're doing so well if you're just thinking about it or if you're ordering something at a restaurant like a Beyond Burger just to taste it. Or even just by having a conversation with one of your vegan or vegetarian friends with an open mind, that is also just first few steps that you can take. I like the fact that you said that, especially where you have to get like very experimental in the kitchen. I've actually been a vegetarian now for a week and I'm really having fun with the cooking part of us. <laughs> it's so important because the more you can cook, the more you find things that you like, then you can sustain yourself and keep yourself healthy instead of falling off the wagon a little bit just because you don't know what to prepare. I mean, in South Africa, we do have a lot more restaurants now that are offering plant-based options, but eating at home and preparing your own food is always cheaper and it's always more sustainable. So That's definitely the first place to start is experimenting in your kitchen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Dr. Nanine. For more on navigating plant-based lifestyles, check out healthformzanzi.co.za. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam, 
you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or you can even send us an SOS to 076-132-0454. I would never blue tick you, babes. I don't know if I have shared this with you guys, but I've recently embarked on a plant-based journey. It's been a very humbling experience, but so fulfilling too. I did it to better my relationship with food and cooking and getting creative with my veggie meals has sort of helped. Anyways, what I really valued about my discussion with Dr. Nanine was what she had to say about carbs and them not being the enemy. They never really were. The key to success in any health journey is moderation. That brings us to the end of episode 25 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi. From me, Lilu Ngakani, have a great week. And remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend. <laughs>